Welcome to another episode of Market Overdrive. I am your host, residential real estate broker Carla Mina with Cobble Banker. And today with me, as always, every Thursday, my co-host. How are you, Nick? Mm, I don't know. <laughs> I'm good. It's an interesting Oh, look. <laughs> Wait, we're starting with a different Nick. It's a birthday party in the house. Our Nick, who is eternally going to stay alive, is celebrating, what, 25, 26? No comment. comment. Vampires never give a Happy birthday, Nick. So I figured, you know, we all try to be Nick today. It's the Nick show. Uh The Nick show. I don't want everybody to be Nick. It takes the fun out of life. Did you hear that? He wants us to be us. So welcome. It's a full house in the studio with us. And we have a very special guest, aside from our Mimi, who's here also every month um nick's mom this is the worst day ever (laughs) hi lydia everybody has heard about lydia about how many hours you work about how many deals you put together how amazing you are about how you know you're a remax top producer and how you can't cook (laughs) thank you carla (laughs) but today you brought us a very special treat show us what your mom made for you oh hold up it's it's that's actually the, one of my favorite coffee cakes. Look at that. Best. So that's can you say it in cake. your face, Nick? I can bake and cook. See? Realtors can she do it better. She bake that. She prepares that. <laughs> it doesn't even go in an oven. It's like made a special way. Really? Just oven? like a man. To Just like, like a man. Go ahead. It doesn't matter. Everything um, a woman that does. She had to go buy the ingredients, go yes. to a closing, put, put together, together a huge deal, land mm-hmm. this pocket listing. Congrats on your huge deal. I heard Thank about you. it. Thank you. But today's show is going to be amazing because it's towards the end of the year and it's the holidays, the holidays that are upon us. And I know a lot of you are thinking of selling or buying, but today's show is more about five reasons why you should refinance your home. So it's all about financing and how we come into play to help you. And of course, to elevate your real estate IQ, I always lean on my mod squad. So Mimi, why don't you go ahead and start with the questions? So today's all about the lenders, huh? You know, Finally. It's, it's, it's a birthday Apparently a birthday celebration at work. I don't know why I have to do the more the most work today. I like to sit in the over in like the, the cruise control seat and not do much. You know. All right. So, okay. what is the purpose of refinancing, guys? Whoa! Oh, there we have it. I don't even have my well, notes. <laughs> no, you don't need notes. How long have you been doing this? Come on. There's a script that we're gonna follow. There's um yeah. No, in no. order. We're gonna go in order. The top five reasons why <clears throat> there's 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 really probably. You know, on a day-to-day basis, I think that we, we run through about 10 typical reasons people refinance for the most part. But, you know, 6 through 10 come very far and a few apart. Uh, 1 through 5 are the most common reasons that people t- tend to uh, refinance. But um, the one thing that, you know, before we get into the top five most common forms of refinancing, uh, the one thing that we try to uh, remember when, when people are refinancing more times than none, it's a, it's a financial instrument. They're either trying to save money, uh, re, re, get money, or whatever the case is, there's, there's dollars involved. Unfortunately, in some cases, it's not a financial instrument. It's a strategic move to remove somebody from the existing mortgage, or um, there's something more involved that's more personal. So those don't come very often, but they happen. So we'll get into all those in a little bit. But when you're going to go looking for this stuff, if you're going to be you know, curious as to our advice, whether or not to do certain types of refinances uh, or take advantage of a mortgage product of any sort, you want to go to our website. Uh, actually, you want to go to our YouTube page, which is Market Overdrive. You know, it's at YouTube. Uh, also, obviously, Facebook forward slash Market Overdrive. And you will always, always be able to hear all of our shows at the WGN Radio podcast. So subscribe to that bad boy and you'll find us there. So 
um, hopefully we come up with some good information. So we're going to go, uh, we're going to start with guys, are you guys number five. We're, Wait, jumping, we're jumping right <coughs> into it? We're going to start right into it? Yeah, we're jumping right into it. Go for it. Gonna, yeah, I mean, we're right behind. going to sit there today? Today, yeah. I'm oh, yeah, okay. we're just sitting here going to look right. pretty and sing happy birthday. Always look pretty. All right. all right, so let's get all the happy birthdays out of the way. It's an early happy birthday. It's not just my birthday. <laughs> Everyone made, you know. Carla's birthday Carly's follows. birthday is, is the I day show after right. my cake. We're show show your cake. Can you show the cake, please? <laughs> this is the cake. Mom, don't look at this. It's just really weird. Can you see No, it? it's perfect. It's, it's perfect. It's Rocco on a unicorn. That makes all the sense in the world. <laughs> I love it. You know? Come on. You just dive right into eating now. That counts, right? This is so weird, really. Okay, so they always make fun of me. Uh, because I say life is like, you know, Rainbows well, no, I don't perfect. say that. Nick's always making fun of me because he thinks that everything. I say that. You say that. You guys are always <laughs> making fun of me because life is, right? Rainbows and unicorns are just weird. Mm-hmm. Life is always awesome. Mm-hmm. So, so let's a- go into, let's start with number five, right? Let's jump right into it. I mean, number five, um, this is the one that I see more surprisingly, you know, I mentioned earlier, the one that I see come up more often that really doesn't have much financial implications is, uh, or I should say directly financial implications to the mortgage itself, is people come in to refinance because they, for some reason, maybe they bought the home with a co-borrower or there's someone else on the mortgage note. Uh, so it's not, in some cases, they've even done it where the rate goes up, believe it or not, or when they're not reducing their payment, which is not normal. But they really need to get that person off the loan for whatever reason. So typically, divorces. Divorces are a very common refinance instrument, you know, well, typically, like, <clears throat> typically we have, you know, you have borrowers that will take on a family member as a co-applicant or a co-borrower to a loan. So the idea is it helps borrowers to qualify a lot easier when they're buying a property. But as the years go by, that individual might want to buy their own property on their own. So another reason to remove somebody from the mortgage would be from, to refinance to the individual to come off that mortgage. Just as Nick touched, uh, divorce is also a common reason why somebody's going to come off the mortgage. You know, but that's, honestly, I think that's a little extreme. I think most people go into a mortgage to help them qualify as a secondary borrower, and then they come off the loan later because they themselves want to buy their own property or investment, whatever. Well, that's why you see it in divorce, though. Divorce is a situation where, you know, they want to move on and buy something else. They don't want to be essentially still holding on to a previous loan, uh, which could complicate their process. So divorces are, and, and some people just, look, sometimes divorces are bitter and they're, they, they get ugly and they don't trust one another anymore and they don't trust to be on a loan. They think that the other person might just stop making mortgage payments just to mess with the other person's life, you know? So, um, well, it's know, good to know that you have that option, right? So when you're going through a hardship such as a divorce, you want to go ahead and have, um, you know, if one of the spouses wants to maintain the asset and wants to keep the property and, and have it as a primary residence, you can always refinance and get that second spouse out of the out of the mortgage, which is very important. Um, mm-hmm. You just got to make sure that the person who's keeping the property qualifies for the property um, alone. So... If you've owned the property for a very long time and you're going through a separation, you're going through a divorce, what is the first step, right? Because what if there's not enough equity in that property? Or what if uh, what if I don't qualify for it alone? Like, what would you advise me to do in that, that type of scenario? Typically, those are court orders by the judge, and the judge is going to specify X amount of time to pass. Let's say the judge gives a timeline of five to seven years. Within that five to seven years, hopefully there'll be enough equity in the property to be able to sell and get that individual out. Or or if you, if you go to refinance, look, if you have to go to refinance it, um, 
no lender cares about your divorce, unfortunately. Dollars are dollars. And so, right. so, so they can't, whether they they can can't guarantee that they could refinance you just because you need it done. Right. Yeah, so but I think she was you, saying, you can't what if they can't Well, they can't, then you're, you're still unfortunately married some way, somehow. <laughs> yeah. If um, so, would you require? Would you re- recommend that they get an appraisal done on the property first to see if there's enough equity to? Or, or is this? I'm complicating it because it doesn't matter whether there's happen. equity in the property or not. You can still refinance as long as you can afford the payment on your own. Yeah, there's always going to be an appraisal done on the property. The, the house can't be underwater. It's going to be really hard to refinance it. So if you're underwater and you're going through a, like a hardship such as a divorce, not right. hardship, but you know, circumstance, um, you're able to. Refinance and get that sec- that spouse off the, the mortgage. At that point, Graco said he mentioned short sales. If if you're underwater and or you're at the cusp of like a hundred percent LTV and you just can't, there's no refinancing programs for you in, individually. Then yeah, you're going to have to uh, deal with possibly short selling it. Okay. Um, what about a scenario where somebody just bought the property, right? And maybe a year later, they decided that I didn't buy it in a location that I'm really happy with. Or maybe I, I bought in a condo and like we had, you know, George come in the studio and say, he didn't like the president of the association, so now he's selling. <laughs> um, what kind of, what happens when you've just bought a property? Can, is there like any penalties with refinancing? Uh, after How long do you uh, recommend that people wait before they can refinance? I mean, you could refinance the next day. Yeah, you know, there's no most loans to, in today's in there are no prepayment age, penalties. There's no prepayment penalties in some states. It's very specific. There's no prepayment penalties allowed. Uh, depending on which state you're in, check your state. Um, but more importantly, what kind of loan did you do? Well over ninety percent of the loans being done today are Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac owned loans, um, or their FHA or government VA loans. So that's a big portion, a lion's share of all loans being done. So those don't have prepayment penalties. However. Again, check your state, check the lender that did the last loan, because if you did a <coughs> subprime loan when you bought the house of some sort, those are a little bit more niche. Uh, they might have prepayment penalties. Um, I would not recommend refinancing just to refinance if you're going to get hit with a big prepayment penalty. Uh, but for the most part in today, I, I haven't even seen a prepayment penalty on a payoff in years. No. So that's not a big worry. But you'll have lenders that will tell you, you can't refinance for the first six months. The reason they're telling you, in all honesty, is because it costs them money if that happens. You know, they'll tell you the six-month window. But legally, you have your right to go and do it. I mean, I don't want to be the guy that kind of throws other lenders under the bus here because it sucks for anybody, you know, in our, in our trade to do a loan and then find out two months later you lost whatever revenue you generated uh, because they went and refinanced elsewhere. But I guess that's that's on the person that did the loan because you should have put them in a good enough rate that it wasn't refinanceable. But with you know? that said, when you do refinance, there's a cost to it, right? <clears throat> there's always going to be a cost to it, yeah. There's always a cost. So doing it the next month and you might have paid all this money when you bought the house, then yeah. that is another you know, charge. The, I can date back to like 2001 and even some cases in two and three where people bought a home. Let's take Let's take uh, August of 2001. If you bought a house in August of 2001, you probably had a, s- a high 7% interest rate on a 30-year fix. 9-11 happened. The market kind of froze up. Everyone into a free fall. The economy was struggling. Rates just plummeted. And, you know, that 75 turned into like a 6. Well, those people that bought a house in August were literally calling us on November uh, in October to refinance. That wasn't anywhere near six months, but they had all the incentive in the world. Their, their rates fell over a point and a half. Right. Just going from 30-year fix to 30-year fix. So unfortunately, a lot of lenders did lose lose money with, with that plummet in interest rates. Um, and that was happening more times than none during that during that era of a refi boom. But um, you are allowed to refinance the next day. 
I mean, there's no, you know. There has to be a benefit, though. You can't just yeah, do finance just because there's got to be a benefit. Right. It's something called a net tangible benefit that's required whenever you do. Did refinance. he just throw out a, a big word? Big like word. what's he happening there? Big, big, net. net big tangible. A big, big <laughs> but we, we got And what refinance. does that mean in layman's terms for people who don't know what that means? In I mean, short, we know what it means. In short, there has to be a benefit. So, example, like Nick just said, if you close at a seven percent interest rate and the market the following month drops to like six percent, five percent. And you want to refinance immediately because the rates have dropped. That's a benefit. So right. as long as there's a a true benefit to the consumer, you you can refinance at any given moment. Yeah. Like for example, in the case of an FHA loan product, if this is the only program that you qualify for, given you know debt to income ratios or maybe credit scores, and you know you're you're kind of tight on your numbers, um, you start with an FHA loan program and you want to get out of that program, you're able to refinance and get the PMI out. Right? It used to be that once you had twenty percent equity into your property, you your PMI will drop off. It is now that the case where you never drop off unless you you refinance out of that program. Correct? Right. Yeah, that's number four on the list. I guess yep. we, can, we can move you, on. You can go ahead and do, get the number four, man. Getting rid of uh, mortgage insurance, PMI, private mortgage insurance, whatever you want to call it. Um, that would be probably one of the best reasons to read. Well, it's one of the top five, that's yeah. for sure, yeah. For I can sure. say this particular month, we've done quite a few clients who bought a home 14 months ago with an FHA loan program, and now they want to go into a conventional loan program, uh, getting rid of that mortgage insurance. So... Like Carla said, you get borrowers who particularly particularly might want to go into an FHA loan program. Mortgage insurance is forced upon you. It never goes away with an FHA loan, unfortunately. But with a conventional loan, um, eventually. And you... Go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. You, and you really have to, you know, for those that are listening, refinancing to get rid of your mortgage insurance, generally that sounds very logical. That's a very good reason to actually go ahead and refinance to get rid of your mortgage insurance. However... If you've been sitting in your mortgage insurance for the last seven years and there's maybe about a year and a half or two years left, you need to rethink the refinance. Because like Mimi Why? mentioned earlier, because there is cost in refinancing. Okay. And, you know, I don't know what the rates are at. You know, do you have a five? Can we beat five? I mean, are, are we closer or comparable in rates just to get rid of this mortgage insurance? You know, as the, as the mortgage insurance sits there longer, there's less of it, less of it left. You know, right. you're not in mortgage insurance forever on most loans now. There is one FHA loan that you are in mortgage insurance forever. But um, if you have a conventional loan and you've been sitting on it for seven, eight, nine years, that thing's probably going to fall off anyway. So just because you have mortgage insurance, don't come, don't go running the refinance with you know less than a year left. You want to do it typically in the the earlier part of the loan. So in the first year, that's where you really capitalize on getting rid of this liability that's happening every month of let's say two hundred dollars or three hundred dollars a month. Um, in mortgage insurance. So okay. I just got that question again. I'm sorry, Mimi. Um, PMI is removed once you have 20% equity in the in the property, and that answer is not anymore, right? It's you can refinance at any time. There's Anytime. no prepayment penalties. If there's, but a, if there's it equity used there. to be that it would fall off, and and then you didn't have to pay for it. But remember, with an FHA loan program, you're paying one and a half percent upfront in the PMI, and PMI is just a mortgage insurance product that's going to protect the lender uh, in case you default on the mortgage. So it doesn't necessarily protect. It's not a hazards product. It's to protect you if the house burns or anything or the property burns. It's just to protect the lender in case you default. But remember, it does not fall off once there's 20% equity in the home. The only way that you can get that um, payment out on a, more, on a monthly basis or removed is if you refinance. Now, but it's what? not just it's not, FHA. Buyer. You said you have to have 80% loan to value, right? Right, 80% loan to value. Okay. You can do different products now? 
I'm not going to tell you what it is because I'm going to make you call us on this one. <laughs> but we can get rid of it if you're, let's say, at 93% or 94% and you still have mortgage insurance and you go to refinance, the house doesn't appraise at 80% or less. There is a way that we can actually do that. Um, Wait, but you have to start with that program to, to, to begin with? No. So why? Wait. <laughs> No, you're annoying. I mean, you got to give us. You got to give everybody an incentive to actually just call us. Well, here's the it. thing, though. I'm we sure just explain call it. Who don't know that they have. <laughs> <laughs> I love. Wait, She's go like into your rent. Hey, yeah. Call Graco. <laughs> wait, wait, sure Lydia. When we go to events, right? We're at like a NAREP event, a YPN. I loan the best. Do your thing, Lydia. I'm like Lydia. Please. Well, it starts from up. the people work there. It starts from the logo. <laughs> it starts from a customer service. <laughs> And the quality. <laughs> I love you, Lydia. It's simple enough. It's value. <laughs> and bro. who's the best? Uh, who's the best-looking kid in the world? <laughs> My son. <laughs> this kid, huh? This kid. Who? <laughs> it's this Nick. It's now you son. know where he gets his ego, right? It's it's been years and years of like Got Lydia's Lydia Ness. We're gonna call it the Lydia. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mimi. You were saying. Good lord. So I'm sure there's people out there who don't know that they're paying MI, right? Well, it's pretty. It, you should know. I mean, you yeah. have a horrible should, loan officer sure if you I've don't sat know. I've with people, and they don't know what they're paying. They're just like somebody didn't present it to them well, and they're just paying it, right? Yeah, but, but I you, mean, you do get your statement every month. I mean, it, maybe you didn't know getting into the loan. Right. You're right. But after like three or four statements, you probably have analyzed where your dollars go, and there'll be the principal <coughs> and interest at the you top. Yeah, I mean, there's the more the escrow payment, and then and then there's this little ugly so thing that says mortgage insurance. Maybe we should tell people how it is that they come into that PMI, right? If you have less than twenty percent down on any kind of property, yeah, very good. Right. Typically, yeah. but I mean, Typically. if you don't put down twenty percent, you're gonna most, get PMI. most lenders are going to offer you mortgage insurance right. or, or tell you you need to take mortgage insurance. This is the most typical way of doing a loan. To be honest with you, yeah, if you're buying a house and it's less than twenty percent down, you're going to see mortgage insurance now. Right. Again, we do have a way to do that without mortgage insurance. Whatever. Stop it. But you're going to have to call us to find out. <laughs> so just to go ahead and like kind of, you know, just, you know, not dumb it down, but just break it down a little bit more. It's There's like basically two loan products, right? One where you're 20%. Remember, the lender's your business partner. They're going to put the balance of the money that you're not putting down out of your pocket in order for you to be able to buy that property. So it's either 20 or 20 or less than 20%. Anytime you're buying something with less than 20% out of your pocket for down payment, you are going to have to pay a premium. And that premium comes in the form of higher interest interest rates or in the form of this mortgage insurance premium. So our goal as realtors is to guide you through that process so that you're able to have a monthly payment that's comfortable for you um, because you have to include all these different payments in your, you know, in your monthly budget. So, you know, when you're buying a condo, you've got to add that assessments. When you're buying into a single family, you got to buy, you're always going to have with the condo, you're going to have um, insurance, but it's going to be a little bit cheaper. It's more of a homeowner's renter's insurance. Um, kind of value, but a single family, you're going to pay for insurance, but then you're also going to have that mortgage insurance insurance premium that's going to add up um, to your budget as well as the assessments. So also our value as realtors, we reach out to our clients after a certain amount of time and let them know, hey, your property has increased in value and might be a good time to refinance. You know, right. small disclaimer here, you're a little bit of a mortgage wizard yourself. Right. You're married to <laughs> a very known mortgage rep. Yeah. And you're also, you worked in the mortgage industry, so yes. it's not like you're just speaking from a realtor standpoint. You know. Yeah. Right. I know it all. You know it all. I know it all. All right. Which cool. makes sense, right, when they're servicing your business or when Mimi's servicing your business because she understands the whole concept of the financing, um, you know, because she is working in tandem with her husband who does her loans. And I mean, you guys work together uh, with iLoan as well in some of the deals. but For sure. But when you're working with your Our buyers, second husband. <laughs> Please don't blame him. Second husband. God, I just vomited. We get the, we get the leftovers that Nick Yassine doesn't want to do. You know. 
I'm just going to stay here and be quiet today. <laughs> uh, we're fighting for the mic today. I, I'm not no. fighting because it's you talking Nick all the time. Nick gets the mic everywhere today. You know. <laughs> um, but Mimi, do you work with a lot of FHA buyers or how does that work for you in your business plan? I do work with a lot of FHA buyers who then become step-up buyers. But I mean, we always have to tell them about that. And if they don't have the... 20% down, they always get the mortgage insurance, but then we keep in contact with them to let them know when it's time that their property is worth more and they can get out of that. Well, so, what do we got here so far? Wait, I have uh, I have another one. Um, we, 1.75% upfront PMI, so that's that prepayment that you do upfront. Mm-hmm. FHA has a mortgage insurance for life only on 90% LTV or above for 30-year cor- mortgage. That's the instance that I mentioned earlier. There's a certain FHA. If it's below 90, it does fall off. If it's above 90, it never falls off. You're going to have to refinance to get out of the mortgage insurance on an FHA loan. On a conventional loan, you don't. It eventually will fall off. You know, now... Um, you know, where were we on that? Number five, the most common reason was typically people want to remove somebody from the existing loan. You don't have to refinance to remove somebody off a of title, by the way, folks. It's just to remove them off a loan liability. But we really well, want them off of title. Right. Well, <laughs> but I'm saying you, if right. you, if, if you own a house and you're the only one that took out a mortgage, but then you're getting divorced and your wife was on that, on the title with you, but she wasn't on the loan, you don't have to refinance the house. To get rid of her off title. You can just do that oh, right. with an attorney and deeds. And right. that's, of course... It's the- only to get rid of somebody that's got a loan liability attached to them mm-hmm. right now, you know? But what about the case of, like, say, the millennial, right? I can't afford at this time now because I'm a millennial. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> celebrating <You're> only- <laughs> less than 30. You're the only 70s millennial I've ever met. <laughs> Why do you have to be so mean I'm sorry, time? 80s. 80s, 80s. We share the same birthday, man. <laughs> I'm not as old as you, though. You're one so- day younger than me. No, I'm not. <laughs> you are one day younger you, than me. Are you serious right now? I'm so much younger than you. Grocco, okay. tell him. How do we get to millennials? Though? I know. <laughs> anyway. Okay, anyway, so if I can't afford, because I don't have you know a lot of income right now, maybe my mom or my dad signed for me on the loan, I want to refinance to get my parents out because you know what? I just got a promotion. So would that be one of the that reasons? That would be an ideal reason to refinance and remove mom and dad from So that mom and dad, yeah. if you're listening and you want to give your kids a chance, an opportunity to grow up and be responsible and obviously build some equity over time and you know just own a zip code in Chicago, that's the right way to do it because eventually you are going to be taking out of that, um, out of that loan. All right. Number five, we said removing somebody from an existing loan. Typically this is in divorces, but not necessarily always the case. Could be parents that are attached to you, best friends that you bought a place with. Uh, or a girlfriend, whatever the case was, and now you need to get that person off of the loan. That's one of the most typical reasons we see somebody trying to refinance. Number four, Grocco said, is to get rid of mortgage insurance. It's a very good strategical reason to refinance your house. Oh, boy, who's ringing? Who's ringing? Who's we ringing? also have your daddy. <laughs> your daddy. I knew, I knew somehow he was going to mess something Hi, up. Hi, Sam. <laughs> Come here, Sam. Let's introduce our Mod Squad audience to uh, Mr. Mehmeti. No? <laughs> let's Sam is chilly. Let's you know um, what? Sam actually helped us cut the mask because he's uh, such an amazing daddy. Let's, Wasn't let's, it? it was the cutest touch ever. And he, he so cut sweet? him himself and like everything. <laughs> Let's just roll the number four. Lydia, number can three, I have three, that ring? Three. Everybody's can, your ring is blinding the... me right now. Hello, okay. ADD. Let's focus on number three. <laughs> number three. Number three. What's number three, Graco? It's cash out refinance. <laughs> yes, to <Yeah>. buy properties. <laughs> yeah, you know, we I mean, just, well, Nick, yeah. you and I are working on a deal like that. I don't that. like number three. Why but not? It's, it's the like literally the third most popular reason people refinance. Cash out refinance. I mean, mm-hmm. I've had clients who want to, everybody wants to flip properties these days. They want to become investors. And I actually had a, a mom, you know, single mom who decided that she wanted to get into the game and she had 
to pull equity on her existing home because she was actually pretty smart. And in 2012, um, she was able to secure a two-flat, which now appreciated all. So much. I think it was like 125%. Ridiculous. And so she was able to cash out and tap into that equity so that she's able to buy something else. Um, and she was able to buy the product in cash and rehab it in cash so that she, Fair you know, right. so it's easier for her to buy something because you know that when you're buying in that assets category or, or, or just a property that needs work, you're going to need, you're going to leverage very well if you're buying cash. We love when that story happens. That's the smart way to cash out if you're going to go, you know, possibly cash out of your equity to buy another property or you know you're really committed to a business that you're about to open up I, I guess going to your savings that's what you save for and essentially equity is savings at the end of the day that's yours when you sell the house correct I love it that but, you say that but at the end it's a forced savings we had a show a while ago where that's the only place that people are forced to save now it's also like a loaded gun you know, cash out refinance the reason I'm not a, such a huge fan of using this as, a, as one of the reasons to refinance it it's a great tool for someone that wants to buy another property. They're going to open another business. Maybe you take it out of the, your existing home to buy a second home in full, pay it in full. I don't know. There's a lot of reasons to do it. But you have more times than none, most clients that we see that do a cash-out refinance are leveraged in debt. And they're tapping the equity of their house now to pay off their credit cards or they bought too many cars or whatever the case is. Student loans you can't really get away from, so we understand that. It's just that the payment schedule for you is too high outside of your mortgage payment, and if you consolidate everything into a 30-year loan, everything becomes more manageable. And that's fine and dandy. That's the smart way to do it, because if you can't afford to make your monthly payments, everything starts going south, correct? Correct. However, it's incredibly scary that you're walking around now with open lines of credit of forty dollars or $50,000, and those credit cards are paid. You know, you don't have a car payment, so maybe you want to get a new one, a nicer one, and you just go trade this one in and take on a new small car payment. This is what happens. We see it happening over and over. I've been doing it 22 years where I've seen clients come back at me every six years reliving their equity and recashing out their equity. And I, I, I'll do the loan because they need it and they want it and they can't afford to make their payments, but this wasn't what the equity of your house was designed for. Well, and you have to wait. It depends on the time period, right? Because it was, you know, when I first bought my two flat, I was able to cash out and pay off my student loans. And I know a lot of people will frown upon that, but it was a strategic move because I knew I had equity in the property and it was a rental property. So I was making money. I was earning money with the product. And eventually the property appraised out and it was able to, you know, cover everything after it sold it. So you just have to be a, a bit strategic about it. Make sure that, you know, the values are going up and that you're not, you're, you're not just Throw, you know, burying yourself in debt. Um, but I like that you said that, you know, property is a force piggy bank or a savings plan. What, what is the difference between a, a line of credit versus just cashing out? And it's still the same thing. It's still the I same mean, thing? I mean, there's a difference in the terminology and there's a difference in the mortgage rate and the structure of the loan. And most line of credits are based off of variable. Typically, you see them based off of prime uh, versus 30-year fixed mortgages or even any traditional first mortgages are based off of a 30-year amortization where they have at least a fixed period, if not fixed for the full 30 or 15 years. So you'll get a 30-year amortization loan where it's got a seven-year arm, where the rate's really low for the first seven years, uh, or a 10-year arm, or a five-year arm, then eventually it'll adjust, but it's based off of 30 years. Line of, line, home equity lines of credit are like credit cards attached to your house. That rate can move whenever it follows the market trend. So most of them are, like I said, based off of prime. If we see a huge hike in prime over the next two years, your credit card rate, your mortgage credit card, uh, which is also known as a HELOC, home equity line of credit, is going up with prime rate. 
See, and that's why part. you have to explain that because it, it gets really complicated even for myself. So when you're talking about doing a cash out refinance, your property is going to be appraised out at the level of the new cash out amount, correct? And you're going to have a new loan amount at the highest value. But then you can't – what if you get like a HELOC, you're able to use that money on and off? Lenders, and then what if you don't use it at all? Lenders, well, lenders still classify a HELOC, a home equity line of credit, as a cash out. Okay, but you say, don't because it sounds different and sounds okay. So that's just your terminology. It's, it's it's a little bit more of a terminology. The reality is, if you have a plan, you're cashing out, and it's a lump sum of money that you need, and you know what you're going to do with that. So let's say, for example, I'm opening up a new restaurant. Okay, and this is my dream. This is what I was willing to spend my equity on. I know I need fifty thousand dollars to open up this restaurant. I don't have it in cash, but I have a little bit of cash, and I have a ton of equity. I would advise somebody to not take out a home equity line of credit with rates at a low port at a low rate that they currently are because I know that, that home equity most of them the alluring ones are based off of a variable and it might take him a while to pay off that 50,000 right or it might not but if he's committed to knowing that it's just 50 I know if I have this I'm done I'm good I'm that's that's whatever then I would look at his first mortgage rate See where that is. If it's a four and a half, four and point three, for example, and I'm just going to kind of linger today's rates out there for a minute. Um, I'd say, okay, why don't we take the fifty thousand and reduce the four point three down to four, add it to your existing balance, but now the whole thing is lower. All your interest is lower, versus letting him go running off on a fifty thousand dollar mortgage, uh, second mortgage that could turn into you know today it might be at four or even three and a half because prime is low. And then it, it it rolls into like six six point seven. He still can't pay it off yet. And right. Those are those are typically interest only loans. Those yeah. HELOCs. So yeah. he's never paying. Or, or the, the alternative, where you have to get an investor who's going to charge you more on that money that you're borrowing, or someone who's going to be telling you what to do with I with like, the investment. I like HELOCs for like smash and grab scenarios, like where you're going to go do a quick investment. But then once you pay off that, you're going to smash and grab. Yeah, you're just going to go. You're going to use the HELOC. I, I kind of like his you're gonna, other you, terminology. You're going to use the HELOC. Well, you're going to lose it for use it for a minute, and then you're going to hurry up and go do your flip or whatever <laughs> yep, you need right. it for. Once the flip was paid, you're going to pay the HELOC off. Fine, that's great. That's what it's really designed for. See, that's what I was but getting it doesn't to happen. because that's like the perfect scenario where you're able to make profit, you know, build some profit on that flip, and then go back and put that money back in the home. Yeah, so but that you were now, in an era that. Price values are just skyrocketing right. Right. every month. Okay. And that's not realistic today. So you put a millennial in a two flat today, they're getting three to five percent, if they're lucky, appreciation annually. You were getting twenty percent probably quarterly when you were yeah. able to pay off your student loans. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. So you can't I, I, I can't stress how you know, neighbors talk to one another, friends share opinions to one another, you know, and everybody has, you know, something that was great for them. Right. So if Mimi went and did a HELOC on her home because she was going to just do a quick flip, she needed 70000 she's going to pay it off in a month. That's great for Mimi. You know, but when you're going into a situation where you're contemplating a home equity line of credit or a quote unquote cash out loan or do you do it all or do you, you should consult somebody because your situation is definitely different than your neighbors in one way or another. Maybe your rate requires you to refinance all of it in one lump sum and that's the real way to do it. Maybe you have such a great mortgage rate on your first mortgage. They'll be ashamed to touch it because those rates don't exist today. For example, there was a 30-year fix at one point floating around at three and a quarter a few years back. I would be really hesitant to tell somebody you have to cash out all of this and put everything at a 4% or even a 3.8 today just so you can grab $20 more thousand dollars. That's just really bad financial planning. So you have to, 
You can't just say, I, that's what I want. I want a HELOC. It doesn't work like that. It really doesn't. And it has to be something you plan too. Even with like adjustable or anything like that, you have to be able to plan and sustain your credit and all those details about yourself in order sure. to to do that. So some people fall in a hole and then they can't get out of it, right? So right. It's something you constantly have to be on top of. Well, I'll tell you a funny story about home equity line of credit, or, which is all lumped under the cash out refinance, by the way. Right. Um, people in 06 were taking them out everywhere. There's, just give me 300000 Just give me 200000 And they always had this as a, as a follow-up, as a fallback plan in case something got rough. Well, in 2007 and in 2008, when the market started to slide, you saw a, lender, a lot of lenders slash or even remove the home equity line of credit that was once approved for you. I know somebody that actually was going to build his business based off his home equity line of credit. He wrote a home equity line of credit check, didn't know it was cut until the check bounced. And he had plenty of equity there. Well, he thought he did. Or he thought because he had a home equity line of credit that it was good forever. Right. And that's not the case. Right. When they see that the house is de- devaluing, they might shrink it down on you, which is what happened to a lot of consumers back in 08. So a cash-out refinance is it, it's, it's something that needs to be thought out really well uh, before you just do it. Sorry, guys. I was doing... Um, it's okay. We, we have Lydia here. She's, we have Lydia. She, she Lydia, closed a lot ahead. more deals than you have over <laughs> yes, the years. Right, Lydia? over time. Lydia, yes. Top producer, Lydia with Remax. Sorry. You know, normally, do. Lydia, you talk a lot. Why are you so quiet today? <laughs> Lydia, you do have the sexiest voice. You now know, I know where normally, this You normally don't stop talking. Little rut, usually when Carla talks, I have to listen. Oh, I really? love when you talk about an eye loan, I have to listen. Wait, I, I send wait, Lydia requests for like, hey, Lydia, can you send me a photo of Nick so I can do this stuff? What is she it? She sent me like 20 photos of Nick, like seriously. Like- and then she sent me like your cutouts of your baseball years or something. I, my son, right. by the, the way. Greatest, the greatest <laughs> baseball player in the history of Lions like Little League right Wait, now. I'm waiting to see <laughs> the Nick shrine. to the newspaper. I've, I've seen a little bit of the Nick shrine. You have a Nick shrine. She has a Nick shrine, right, in your basement? Yeah, it's a 20 by 20 room. <laughs> it's quite sickening. What is it? Bring your parents boys. to work day? Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's your birthday. Uh, yeah, I think we're going to do uh, the nitro question today on Nick. Oh. oh are you doing it? Oh, yes. That's dirty. Oh, get it. Let's get Nick on the nitro question. Okay, right, let's, everybody let's position. Get you, let's get you, Rock. You're going to give us number two? Are we, yeah. Are we doing a nitro question right now? Yeah, most embarrassing situation <laughs> in your career. Most embarrassing situation. We're ahead of the game here. We're ahead of the game. On the mortgage side, even on the modeling side. Most embarrassing situation. Wait, let's keep it professional, though. No way. Think about it. Think about it. Think about it it for a little bit. And we're going to touch on number two right now. Okay. So to recap again, uh, Nick said number five was to remove somebody from the mortgage note, whether it be for divorce or whether it be for removing maybe. A parent or a co-borrower applicant <laughs> that helps sign on the mortgage. The second, or number four, was get rid of mortgage insurance. Number three, Nick touched on also cashing out refinancing, whether it be to reinvest or pay off debt. Number two is going to be shorter terms, refinancing your mortgage to lower the term of the note. So if you have a 30-year fixed mortgage and you're considering maybe going into a 20-year fix or even a 15-year mortgage, this is a good option, especially if you can lower the rate substantially, uh, you're paying less interest in the life of the loan. So that's something to consider when refinancing. But when you're doing that, you're also increasing your monthly payments. In some cases, slightly. But imagine this. If you have a 5% 30-year fix and you're dropping down to a 3.8 15-year fix, you're probably 
not too far off. It's not going to hurt that bad. It's not going to hurt that bad. Even if it was 100 bucks, call it. It's still yeah. something that you should consider because you're knocking almost 15 years off that 30-year payment. We call, I mean, I like to call the 15-year fixed mortgage the Bentley of all mortgages. It's like literally, if you can afford to do one, um, and that's, you know, going shorter term, that's the most common one we see. We see people that want to leave their 30-year. I still see some people coming in with their old 40-year loans, um, and they want to they take a very tactical approach at paying off the house much faster. And that's smart. Because there's two reasons to pay a house off much much faster. It's not just that you have your title in your hand in 15 years. Um, it's also that they get far less interest from you than they than they would if they did a 30-year loan. It's literally it's more than half of what they would have gotten from you in total interest uh, over the next 15 years. So a 15-year mortgage to me is you know the most common one that people pay off, pay their house down faster. Now, you don't have to do a 15 years. There's some clients that really are ahead of the game with their finances, and they do a 10-year. Do the math. That's barely a car loan. I mean, there's six, seven-year car loans now, right? So there's people that are actually doing 10-year fixes. Again, the interest rate is lower the lower you go in the amount of time you're telling a lender you're going to pay it off. So there's an incentive there. And the amount of interest they can actually capitalize on you is substantially lower every five years you're clipping off of the existing mortgage rate. So, you know, that is the most common way of doing it. If you can't afford a 15-year, there's always a 20-year fix, which is you can a always, good loan. You can always opt not to, right, and just send more money to your principal on a monthly basis, quarterly basis, annually basis, and you're paying off that mortgage a lot faster versus actually worrying about that hefty 15-year mortgage payment. So keep in mind that you can pay down a mortgage, even if you're in a 30-year fixed mortgage today, realistically, you can pay that down a lot faster if you send more money to your principal. But you're but you're not getting the benefits of a 15 year where you said the interest rate might be lower, right? This is a simple interest loan, so you're not paying juice or interest on the life of the loan because if you're going to pay that off in 20 years because you sent additional money to the principal, you're still reaping the benefit of being in a 15 year mortgage or even a 20 year mortgage, and you're also reaping the benefit of building your equity. Well, you got to remember, you got to you know when you're going shorter in term, you have to hit a double home run here. You can't you know. You can't just say, oh, take me out of my 30, put me into 15 years. It doesn't, what if you have a 4% on your 30 and the new 15-year fixed rates, let's say if rates go up higher, are, you know, five. Nick, it's, we don't quote rates. You know, no, I'm, well, well, I'm just giving an example where <laughs> it wouldn't necessarily, then I would take Grocco's strategy of just paying, paying down <laughs> the mortgage with your own money and having self-discipline, not actually going into a mortgage lender to refinance the house. You want to do a 15-year fix where you're also capitalizing on the rate going lower from the existing rate you have. You know, there's too many people that will say, oh, you know what, I've actually heard horrible salesmen convince somebody to leave a 5% 30-year fix and go into a a 5.5, 15-year fix, and look at the amount of interest you're saving in total. It's like they don't need to do a refinance for that. They could just accelerate payments on their existing 5%. Yeah, That's the key. why would they do that? Well, there's, some, there's still unscrupulous people out there. Now, I don't think you can get that past in today's world, but um, it has happened. And you have to, you, generally speaking, you want to go down in interest rate when you're also you know, going down in a term. term. Right. You know, this gets really complicated, and I know a lot of people just buy, and they get really enthused, and they're like, okay, as long as my monthly payment is X. But you know, your payment's going to increase at some point um, because of 
uh, taxes, property taxes. But for the most part, a 30-year fix is going to be a fixed rate for you. Um, and if you want to know more about like a five-year long term or a five-year arm, or you just have questions about your current loan product, take a picture of your bank of your mortgage statement, send it to us at info at marketoverdrive.com, and either Nick or Grok will be more than happy to review that with you guys um, so they can give you more information on it. And of course, you know, if you are looking to sell something or you want to buy something else, you may want to keep the property as an investment and go buy something else and just be able to refinance and keep it a really affordable um, interest rate. Now, guys, I know at the beginning of the year we did have that that increase in interest rates. What are we seeing uh, or are we anticipating any increases in the upcoming year? I think you should always be on red alert right now that at any given moment rates are going to go up because they're not planning to go lower. We Okay, let me correct that. You might see rates improve next month. You might. Okay, but that doesn't mean from a general uh, forecast moving forward, everybody knows they're going to go up. The plan is for them to go up. Not quickly, but they're not, you're, you're probably not going to see rates go to like 3%. That's just my opinion. So. so make sure that you align yourself, as always, with an expert to advise you as to the best strategy for what you're trying to accomplish. And if uh, in 2018 you're looking to buy or sell something, you may never know what strategy to take. So just talk to an expert who's going to be able to look at your mortgage statement, see how much of the payoff amount is, and if it makes sense for you to either refinance or just cash out um, and enter the investor pool where you're buying and flipping properties with us. A great time for people to start considering themselves into a 15-year mortgage if they're currently sitting in a 30 is usually when one of two things happen, we see them come into us the most common uh, time and they're asking about a lower term. A, let's say you bought the house solo and then you got married. Now you have another income in your house. You have some disposable income. That's when they typically want to see what's the options of a 15-year fix because it's more affordable Um, because it is a higher payment, generally speaking. Um, Or B, you just got a raise, like a substantial one where you feel good about adding an extra few hundred dollars a month um, you're sitting at, let's say, 4% today. You can go to 3.5 on a 15-year fix. And that extra four, 500 bucks a month is not going to hurt you where you want to you know, pay the house off faster. That's great. Those are the most common times that people should probably pick up the phone and call a mortgage company is when one of those two things have just recently happened. Last point on that, on why you should uh, go shorter term. You're only doing this if this is your forever home, by the way. You're not, throwing, you're not refinancing a 30-year fixed mortgage into a 15-year mortgage if you're planning to sell this property in the next five years. Probably not. Okay, no. so keep that in mind. If this is a forever home and you want to you know, keep this long period, then it makes sense to send additional money to the principal monthly, quarterly, or annually. You mean forever by not just being where you're going to live. It could also be an investment property that you're going to hold on to and cash out yeah. and cash flow yeah. every month so you want it paid off. Right. It just makes it forever. Right. It's for whatever people want to do because in my scenario, I cashed on and it was still building equity because the values were increasing. So it was a different time period, like you said. But if somebody's looking to become a landlord and they're you know assessing it's worth by how much money they're making in rental income and you know but of, of course your ultimate goal is always to have the better uh, cap rate which is you know pay off your mortgage and collect rental income and to have the property pay itself number one here we go the most common one it's very simple the most common reason people call us to refinance a house and the most common reason you should always check with the lender is to just lower your payment the bottom line is if you lower your payment probably means that you have a little bit more cash flow every month and you're a little bit more comfortable um, you could apply that money to other things other than your mortgage. We're, we're obviously real estate uh, centric here on the show. This is what we do. Uh, but if you save 400 bucks a month just refinancing from a 30 to a 30, maybe you want to invest that in the stock market. Maybe you want to invest that in something else. 
Uh, maybe you just want the pressure taken off. I mean, there's a lot of reasons why it's always great to lower your payments on all your bills. And it is still, to this day, the number one reason people call us. is just to bring the payment down. That's it. In whatever way possible, <clears throat> still the number one reason. So let's recap them from the top. Nick? All right. All right, what are they? Number five was to remove somebody from the existing loan. Not just the deed, not just the title, but from the existing loan on a property. Um, number four? Number four is to get rid of the dreaded mortgage insurance. Am I busting? <laughs> uh, you, typically, most more cases than none, you got to have to refinance to do that. Three, number three. Not a big fan of it, but it is popular. Cash out refinance. Number two. Pay this bad boy <laughs> off faster. Get rid of um, you know, get rid of the mortgage overall. So just pay the house off even faster. And Shorter number term. one. Plain and simple. I just need to pay my bills. Lower your payments. <laughs> Lower your payments. Lower Make your everything payments. cheaper. You know, maybe you bought a house at five percent. Rates today are four percent. It's common sense. You're just giving away free money on interest at that point. Refinance it. Get yourself a lower payment. It's very simple. And I say it all the time. I'm not kidding. Align yourself with an expert that's going to guide you through this process. And if you're working with a realtor from inception, when you buy your property, it's not the last time you're going to see them. Always stay in touch with them because you're going to need to get that closing statement when you're you know, filing for taxes. But more importantly, look at the tax exemptions. Find ways to reduce that mortgage payment by reviewing tax exemptions, making sure you're getting all the stuff that you can claim, you know, homeowner's exemption, maybe you're aging, getting older like Nick, and you're going to get a senior freeze. Uh, make sure you Damn. can tap into that. And also talk to your um, insurance agent to see if they can revisit the quote for your insurance premium and reduce your monthly payment. If I had feelings, they would be hurt. <laughs> but we and all let's know get you Carla. Don't. Yes? Oh, if you need to refinance your yes. home, okay. please call I loan. <laughs> Thanks, Lydia. Lydia. Grackle. Did you notice? I never, like, I'm like, like, serious I'm never like afraid of anyone. Just like because Lydia's just like, uh, Carla, I'm like, yeah, what I do? So let's so but serious. it is okay. Okay. You just, you you don't fit in. That you must call I loan. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Because all the other lenders, what, Lydia? But it is important to align yourself <laughs> with your realtor <laughs> who has great relationships with she's the lender. She's so tamed yeah. in the studio. Wow. She's, she like, she's like, they all It's all the bright suck. lights. It's Sing all the bright it, lights. Lydia. They all suck. All right, we're cutting no. short on time, so. We're running really right. short on time. Let's go get ahead. this nitro question. Because we got to go. We got we to we play the catch. We got to play the catch. I'm sorry to get in between you and your social life. Nitro work. Most embarrassing moment in your career, whether it was real estate, the mortgage industry, or whatever industry. It was, you know, I wouldn't say it was embarrassing it was today. I, this is kind of you know this is this is bull that I got to do the nitro question. First of all, I'm the one that asks the nitro question. Actually, the nitro question. The be producer for me asked me to do it today because we had the nitro you know. question already. It wasn't you know I I think everybody knows I don't get embarrassed very easily, so it's not like I really even care if something funny happens. I think the most embarrassing thing to me was I I was had and it was like early in my career. You were had. What was that? Yeah, mean? like somebody took advantage of me and I felt really stupid. And then I left the room, and I think the other person knew that I was going to be taken advantage of in this particular scenario. Someone took advantage Not physically, you created. Like, like, like uh, I was I was two years in the business. Uh, two, I'm so sorry. This was my second loan. I wasn't even two, two months in the business. And I just didn't know how to do a VA loan. And so I was working on a VA loan, and I was working underneath this loan, loan officer above me um, that was helping me supposedly do it because I just don't have experience. You mean so, you had to work underneath someone? You weren't born awesome? <laughs> no, it took me at least three months before I became officially awesome. <laughs> no. It's all news to us. No. I mean. So I'll never forget this prick. <laughs> <laughs> no names. Yeah, uh, No, his name's Larry from Equity Mortgage. He's a real piece of crap. <laughs> Larry. 
Payback's a bitch, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, your mom is here. What's who's your, your language? Who's your daddy, bro? <laughs> oh my gosh, this is terrible. Uh, no, but he, he now he's he, running to Nick for a He job. had me running. He ran it. He had me running through hoops. I knew how to read the rate sheet. I knew the kind of money I was supposed to make, and I was supposed to make a few thousand dollars on this loan. And it was a profitable loan, so VA loan, whatever the case is. And he had me running back to the client's house, back and forth. I mean, this is the 90s. Emails weren't really popular, right? And <laughs> I worked my butt off, kind of didn't understand. And then when I went to go get my money, collect my check, he gave me $200. Oh, wow. Aww. And I was like, there's a lot more money in this than $200. I mean, I spent more than $200 in gas. And he, uh, he basically said, yeah, well, you know what, kid? If you can do the loan on your own, you get paid more. And it was like really a humbling, and I just felt like I was completely taken advantage of, which I was. Um, and I just kind of swore at him and called him about a thousand one names. And when I was walking out, I walked out of his office. One of the other loan officers just kind of smirked and like was, you know, to me that was somewhat embarrassing. Um, and I guess it fueled me and made me mad. But I don't because I don't get really embarrassed. So you know? did you so. did you give him his two hundred dollars back? No, I ended up opening up a big company and taking a lot of his employees one day down the road. And, you know, but, you know, I'm not done with you, Larry. I'm still talking about you today. So, you know. Legendary. What's up, go? Epic? Larry, you yeah. Always be legendary. <laughs> always be what? Legendary. Are you making fun of me? Yeah, no, we always make cool. fun of you. Yeah, let's we got to wrap this boy up, right, man. This is up. a long show. It's been awesome. You just hate it because it's about you. Despite the fact that he talks a lot, you're actually a little humble. How much time do we have left? Like two seconds. All right, we're done then. No, we do have a caller. Somebody wanted to call in and wish uh, Nick a happy birthday. More surprises for you, okay. Nick. Just relax. Oh, Lord, who is this? Who this? Who this? What's Shanika? up, Nick? Handsome Nick. <laughs> Mo, what's going on? Oh. He was just really upset. I he heard. Said, <laughs> is it Larry? My seat, <laughs> my seat still feels hot, Mo. Does it? What'd you do to my oh, seat while you were here? I left off. All that handsome team. Happy left. birthday, buddy. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. I love you, Mo. I know, right? He mm-hmm. said he needed the extra balloons uh, so he could fill that <laughs> seat after you left. Remember, wherever I am, even if I'm not here, I'm watching, Mo. Whatever, Mo. Yeah, taking advantage of my seat. Too. Great job, superstar. I'm not to get in a car accident. I'm going to need to get your autograph now with your um, write-up on that uh, race car. Did you guys know that he's a racer? He is. He's got some really cool whips, too. Thanks for calling, Mo. I appreciate the wishes. We love you, no Mo. Problem, guys. See you Happy again next week. We love you, Mo. Happy birthday, Nick. Yay. And Carla. And Carla. And Carla. Carla, we're taking care of next time. Yes. Okay. Don't Carla's worry. If it's Nick's birthday, it's Carla's birthday because Carla hijacks everything that Nick has. Well, we got the cake. We're not getting cake again for Carla tomorrow. Yeah, I want some of this cake because we got to catch a flight. Catch a flight. Let's wrap this bad boy up. Sign off. I want to thank. As always, thank you for watching and listening to us. Wait, uh, wait, one one more happy birthday. What? Oh, yes. Nicolas. Oh, my God. Nicolas. Birthday is Happy tomorrow. Happy birthday, Nico, our mod pro. Thank you so much for everything Nicholas you do Lanos. for producing Market Overdrive. We heart you. And this is going to go in the mail today because I thought you were going to see the boys this weekend and you're not. But I kind of went and got you a bunch of singles. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you know, so you can buy candy. Candy. <laughs> Happy birthday, bro. <laughs> Happy birthday, Nico. Right. Happy birthday, Nico. Happy birthday, Nico. Happy birthday, everyone. That's Nick? it. We're going to wrap this bad boy up. I want to thank on, my co-host, Carlamina. For we have a live audience strange today. Strange extravaganza. I mean, there's a time to cut me off. There's a time to not cut me off. But let's just do it. I want to thank all. Of course, to the real estate diva herself. I mean, am I going to wrap this thing up? Or we gonna wrap it, go ahead, wrap, wrap it up. up. Just let her do the real estate thing. diva herself for uh, for coming in today. I mean, I mean Luna, Grago Funes of Ilone, and of course my mama for being here on my birthday, Lydia Mamedi. Lydia Mamedi. Thank you, Nick. The Mamedi family. Catch this show obviously on WGN Radio Plus podcast. Subscribe to it, or go to YouTube or Facebook forward slash Market Overdrive. 
I'm out. We'll see you next week. Happy birthday, Nick. Happy birthday. Happy birthday.